Hello, and welcome to ShePack Unleashed. I'm one of your hosts, Tanya. I'm Nicole. Welcome to your weekly dose of candid discussion in the pursuit of finding your tribe in this journey of womanhood, motherhood, and sisterhood. I'm Ashley. Join us as we leave no stone unturned. In each episode, we have heart-to-heart conversations that aim to challenge and empower one another. I'm Jenny. No more waiting. SheePack Unleashed begins now. In this episode, cosmetic surgery and mom guilt. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this is a interesting topic to broach because it's a little, little bit taboo. Mm-hmm. Very much so. So let's define when we're talking about cosmetic surgery, what we're talking about, right? Because I think there's a difference between like getting Botox, right? Which some people might think is like cosmetic like a procedure. A procedure versus yeah. like true cosmetic surgery, like a tummy tuck and a lift. Like operating room, like not operating med spa. Room. Not yeah. med spa. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking cosmetic surgery, we're talking about like operating room, right? Going under anesthesia and having full medical procedures done. And how there is so much of that that actually happens and women just don't talk about it in my experience. It's amazing. And, and just terminology-wise, right, there's this whole concept of mommy makeover, mm. right? And I just want our listeners to understand, right, a mommy makeover is not one set thing, right? Correct. When doctors use that term, it is simply to describe a person who is having multiple procedures at the same time. So it could be a tummy tuck and a breast lift. It could be a tummy tuck and breast lift and breast implants. It could be just a, you know, tummy tuck. And the tummy tuck involves usually... Um, bringing the abdominal wall back together. Many women who have that surgery, they have it because they have a separation in their abdominal wall and their muscles literally cannot connect anymore. And it creates that mom pooch that we all know and love and hate sometimes, right? Um, It could be liposuction as well, right? Like Mm -hmm. there's so many different combinations of what could be considered a quote unquote mommy makeover. I don't love that term. But uh, oh, I kind I just, of like the mommy makeover. It gets thrown term. around. It's interesting. I feel like it has a social currency, right? Mm. And some people embrace it, and some people are like, "Oh, yeah." I think there's had... something negative calling it a mommy makeover. Mm-hmm. Something about that word just kind of like grates at me compared to compared to it being presented. I think like what you're thinking, Nicole, more of like a transformation, like caterpillar to butterfly kind of vibe. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I'm gonna start with like. I have always been a really skinny girl with big boobs. Like that was my high school upbringing. I wore a size zero. I had double D boobs. It was like kind of my, like a little bit of identifier, right? I was Mm. always skinny with big boobs, blonde hair, that girl. And it was something that you didn't exactly love. Right. I mean, I didn't love it, but I sort of played into it, Mm -hmm. right? Mostly because sometimes I think men are stupid (laughs) and and use it to my advantage but as I got yeah boys that's right as I got older I liked it less and less in terms of like professionalism and like being taken seriously and all that but when I had kids and it was gone and I wasn't the skinny blonde hair girl with big boobs anymore I felt like I lost a huge part of me Mm. 
And so for me, that was one of those things that was a driving force in my decision to have a so-called like quote unquote mommy makeover where I had the tummy tuck and I had the breast lift. Luckily, I still had boobs because their boobs, they were just saggy potato, <laughs> potato <laughs> boobs. Like they're just like saggy, like dog ears, like they hang hung low, but like was able to have that um, for that reason. Yeah. Uh, and you had two kids. I had two kids and I was you done having kids. I breastfed both of them for a year each. And I felt like my boobs were saggy, deflated boobs, like most women feel after breastfeeding kids. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you just lose the luster of it. Yeah. It's biology. And it made me feel like unsexy and like that I didn't want to like have that feeling. Like I felt very uncomfortable in my skin and was like affecting my relationship. And like, I just didn't feel the same, like sexy, cool girl feeling that I had pre-kids. Yeah. So to back up for just a second for our listeners, obviously this episode is about cosmetic surgery. If you're not comfortable with that, you could skip this episode. If you know us in a personal level and you don't want to know about potential cosmetic surgeries we've had, you can stop listening to this episode right now and that would be totally fine. We should put that at the front of this episode. We are, we are doing this episode because all of us have had various cosmetic surgeries now in recent um, years mm-hmm. and we have all encountered some differing degrees of guilt, shame, discomfort, social stigma around it when we were considering when we decided to have it post-surgery, and even now, right? And so we wanted to do this episode so that if anyone else finds themselves in that situation, that maybe you can feel a little bit less alone because we had each other, and I'm so thankful for that, right? And it was an interesting kind of snowball, and we'll get to that for sure. But I just wanted our listeners to understand, like, the motivation behind this is not necessarily just, like, to be silly about it, and we sure will, like, promise you, but it really is important to us that other people maybe not feel so alone. Well, and to break the stigma, like what you choose to do with your body in a world where I feel like everyone is telling you what to do with your body is your choice alone. And how that makes you feel is something that you can only take from the inside and try to like block out all the outside negative attention for it. Yeah. I remember when I first brought it up to you guys, I was so nervous. I was so very nervous. Well, I think backing up, we were sitting at a girl's night just drinking wine. And I had mentioned that I had, we had finally decided we were not having any more kids. And Steve had scheduled his vasectomy. And I was like, okay, I'm thinking about getting a mommy makeover. And then Jenny, you had mentioned uh, you've been researching it for like years. Yes, years. So um, before I was married, before I even met you girls, I actually had a breast surgery. I had a lumpectomy. And... As part of that, I had an area on one breast that was basically concave. Um, And it always bothered me. And I had always joked with Beto, like, I'm going to fix this. And then we had agreed at that time with my surgeon, like, to wait until after kids. So it was kind of a joke. But, like, I I think I was serious. But in my mind, I was just, it was a joke at that time. It was a pie in the sky. It was a pie in the sky dream. So fast forward over 10 years, I was finally done having kids. I was like, oh, I think I could maybe do this like financially it might be feasible like you know just the you know, physical toll of recovery might be feasible and so I was also having a lot of back pain and so I was in these groups and there was like oh if you can get your diastasis recti like 
sewn back together, your abs repaired, that can really help back pain. So I was kind of in this research mode um, when you had mentioned it to me. Well, and back to the joking around part, like even when Steve and I were first getting married, like we jokingly sat down one night and like wrote our like little prenup like on paper, like not that we had two dimes to rub together and not that they were like, but I was like, when we get married and I have your children, you are paying to fix the destruction that your children have done to my body. Like jokingly. And I was like, sign here. (laughs) And he like signed it like way back when, like as a, and I always knew that like I would want my body back after having kids. Cause I know what toll it takes on your body. And like, I knew I wanted to breastfeed, but I also knew that like, I cared about the way I looked and it's yeah. something that's like deeply ingrained in me. And we all were going to the gym so much at that point of time, like over a year, really trying to do as much as we could in that way and, and getting stuck. Yeah. I remember Nicole, you set a goal for one year in the gym, yeah. see what you can do. You cleaned up your diet and all those good right. things. And you were and going four or five times a week. Yeah. Yep, the gym. yep. You were super committed and got to a point of just this, this is all the gym can do. Right. Well, like, I mean, let's take a step back. Like it is extremely expensive to mm-hmm. have these surgeries and it is mm-hmm. a privilege and we had to save for it. But on top of that, it was also a, my husband and I agreed like, this isn't me taking the easy way out and saying like, I'm just unhappy and I'm not going to not eat better. I'm not going to exercise. Like, I just want you to like fix it. This was me saying to him and deciding that like, if I do a year, hard year, like, and I have never really stuck with the gym because I'd always been like thin and didn't need to. I was thin and out of shape. There's a, it's totally a thing mm-hmm. um, that I said, I will do one year of like committed gym workouts. And if I don't get the results I want, we will then do the surgery. And like, it was a decision we agreed on about spending this huge amount of money, which I think is super important in having this open communication with your partner about Mm -hmm. it because it is a lot of money. It's a family decision for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I came to this girl's night. It was at Tanya's house. I'll never Mm -hmm. forget. (laughs) And I was like, so guys, I've been thinking about this and it just blew up in the best way. Like all of a sudden we had pictures of results on your screen and I think we were casting your phone to my giant tv (laughs) to pick out like gold photos we had the house to ourselves for once Uh right my husband and my son were out somewhere and so we were like casting these before and after pictures that you had found in bus mob group right yes uh, so that we could compare and we could help her decide what look she was going for. With well, her and surgery. I think that night I made my consultation appointment. I think you <laughs> Sitting did too. there I on the couch. So, yeah. I was like, oh, yes, do it. Let's go. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, she already did all the research for me. I don't have to look for a doctor. I don't have to look for a thing. Like, because I had just started talking about it and then was like overwhelmed by the idea of having to do the research, but you yeah. had already done all the research. I <laughs> had. Jenny had done the research. I know. Like, it was vetted. Yeah, more. it was vetted. <laughs> if I had done the research, y'all would have been like, oh. So Jenny, Jenny, tell us more about that experience that night, right? Where like we start throwing up pictures of boobs and yeah, I yes, think no. I was just very nervous because it's not something I had talked about with anyone except for my husband and my surgeon, mm-hmm. like way back when, who had retired and was more in the cancer field than like in reconstruction or cosmetic field. Um, so I just wasn't sure how it was going to be received, and I'm not one to broadcast those things that are so vulnerable so I was I felt very comforted like I was like oh wow like we can actually talk about this and um it was definitely a turning point for me well I think it goes back to the point that like it's such a taboo topic Mm -hmm. that people are afraid even like and we're not like it's not like we had just met when we had this conversation we have been in our friendship for five six five years or so yeah 
So like we have known each other. And then the fact that you were still nervous Mm -hmm. about bringing up with people that like you truly do know, but weren't sure like how people would react because it's such a taboo topic. We never actually even talked about it Mm -hmm. is such an interesting concept of like, why is it so taboo? Yeah, I definitely think it's wrapped up in some mom guilt, but it's not only moms who do this. It could Mm -hmm. be reconstruction. It could be, you know, you just never developed. There's so many different reasons, but I think your bodies are just really private. I don't know, inherently to me. So it was hard, hard to discuss. But I remember that night being like, well, there's implants and then there's a lift and there's this kind of implant and then there's over the muscle and then there's under the muscle and then there's a donut lift or there's a lollipop lift and you guys were like what is like, she talking well all the things yeah yeah we soaked it all up yeah it was so nice to hear that like you had done the research because mm-hmm. i think there's even some taboo to asking the question mm-hmm. and you were brave enough to go do the research and that really opened it up for all of us Yes. Yeah. So I ended up doing, I did reconstruction and I did a tummy tuck and it was brutal. Like I, there's nothing easy way out about surgery. Let's be real. I at first was like, I'll just do the one. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to be under and I'm paying the money anyway, and maybe I can get reimbursed, like I should just do it all. And so I did. And it was really hard those first week or two after. When it was so funny, because we did this in order, like Jenny had hers first, Mm -hmm. then I had mine. No, I had mine. Jenny, then me. No, I think it was me next. And then you. It was me. And then you. And then mm-hmm. Tanya. Oh. Yeah. Yep. You were third, Nicole. Okay. Because I, I remember I Jenny and I did not like fully say how rough it was. I like, tried. We, we I was like, this is it, really intense. And you're like, you. I'm fine. I can. Ha- I have a high tolerance for pain. I had a C-section. I'll be up and moving. And Ashley and I had neither. Never we had a C-section, C-section. Yeah. so we were so like, we're like maybe. I mean, maybe you know, but I'm telling you, this is really tough to even like yeah. stand and up. And I, I remember straight. you saying you're gonna take like a week off of work, and we're like, okay. <laughs> I don't even think I took like a full week. Yeah, I remember you trying to go back and being like, nope, this was. Not I was dying. Work. Yep. But like, yeah, it's really interesting because I remember it, and I, I do have uh, like I always say I have a high t- pain tolerance because I had two C-sections, and after each of them, I was like up and walking like. An hours after like not even very long where people say you need like eight weeks of recovery and I did it without narcotics because I don't like taking narcotics so I was like oh this will be such a breeze don't believe me it was not a breeze <laughs> it was bad I felt like I got hit by a truck yeah uh-huh. and I and I looked like I got hit by a truck yeah for a little bit for a good while like not a little bit like weeks I remember you telling me I'm so glad you went first no for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure because I think if I had gone first and said how awful it was I like with my unfilteredness it. everyone would have backed out yeah yeah you would have never done it but Tanya still, is, did. Tanya still did it though I, I did so so I was just thinking through like the the timing of it all right so Jenny you went first and then Ashley and then Nicole and you guys were within like a couple six months, months yeah. of each other ish yeah. right and then there was a bit of a gap, right? And like, I wasn't necessarily planning on doing it. Like, I still was very much on the fence about if I would, if I wouldn't. Um, and I think it was maybe like a year later after Jenny's surgery that I decided to take the plunge and do it. Um, like Jenny, I had a long, long history of back issues since my son was born. Also before I was ever pregnant, I have had back issues, back spasms, muscle spasms, those kind of things. And every time I would talk to doctors before kid and after kid, it was always, oh, let's strengthen your core. Let's strengthen your core. I put in 
a year, two, almost two years solid mm-hmm. in the gym before I decided to have my surgery. Um, and it was one of those things where I was strengthening my muscles, but the back problems were only getting worse. They were getting more frequent. Um, and I remember Jenny, you telling me that your back problems almost went away and significantly better similar experience too. Yep. And I was like, I mean, the first thing doctors tell me to do is strengthen my core. And I had the separation. I could not get them any stronger than what I was doing. And so that was kind of like the turning point for me that I was like, yep. All right. This is what I'm going to do. It was partly cosmetic like I I wanted to have a flatter stomach again and I have always had small breasts right I breastfed my son for 15 months I guess it was biggest my boobs ever were right also the most painful my boobs ever were so it was a very catch-22 situation but I was a kid like rail thin no boobs like for my stomach to protrude farther than my chest after I had my baby and I couldn't get it flatter again was so hard, like just mentally and emotionally for me that I didn't feel feminine. I didn't feel sexy and I wanted those things. Right. And so that's kind of what led me there. So it was, it was a combination of a medical need that I hoped it would fill as well as just a desire to like my body again. When I think it's important to say that it wasn't like your husband or your friends or whatever saying like, no, like, Oh, I think you need this. It was us like ourselves wanting to feel a certain way. And maybe that is societal pressure or whatever on us about it. But like, I did not feel good in my skin and that like you talk about, like, I always think about it on the airplane. They're like, put your mask on first before you put your kid's mask on. Like my mask wasn't on. I couldn't like breathe. I didn't Mm -hmm. feel good about myself and I wasn't being a good mom, a good wife, a good, person because I just had so much of this like uncomfortable in my own skin feeling for me what got me on this whole train was when Jenny you shared that this is how you fix diastasis Mm -hmm. and I spent about a year doing the birth fit workout program specifically to like close my gap and it never happened and I was seeing a chiropractor at least once a week and the back pain was just like ridiculous and like you said Tanya I was told we'll strengthen your core kind of can't do that with a (laughs) football shaped gap in the middle of it so yeah, went down the, the tummy tuck route to fix that. And then while under, why not do something I've always wanted to do anyway? So it worked out. And yeah, like I said, Nicole, putting your own mask on first, like suddenly I feel feminine again. And I feel like womanly in the best kind of way, like a reclaiming myself kind of way. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because like you need a lot of support when you have the surgery because you're down, like out for the count. Hard down. Hard down. I think I, that's specific to the tummy tuck. I don't yes, know yes, that I, true. if I had just done the breasts, if it would be quite as difficult. It's certainly still difficult. Yeah, but, but even, I agree. The recovery would have been much easier. Yeah, for me, it, it was all the like abdominal muscle stuff underneath mm-hmm. that really, really hurt. And I remember at one point I was standing out in the hallway doing like the wall stretches to help you like stand up straight. And our nanny was in at that point, And she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, this is harder than children. This is harder than childbirth. And mind you, I birthed the child in a bathtub. Oh <laughs> and this was harder. Like, it hurt more. So it was, it was brutal. Yeah. No way I could have done it alone. Yeah, and I agree. I, like, I had two major surgeries to have children, right? Like, they literally take your organs out of your body yep. when you're having a C-section and then, like, shove them back in. And I had complications. Like, they nicked my bladder and, like, other things. So it wasn't like I had easy surgeries and this put me flat on my ass 
And I don't go flat on my ass. <laughs> no, like, it takes a lot. Any reason. Like I, yeah, it's not good. So I was like down for the count. But I think it's important to say that like you need a lot of support on this. So yeah. like, and I remember talking to like my husband being like, you're going to have to be the one that's taking care of everything plus me this whole time I'm down. And then asking if like my parents could help and kind of what that looked like. And I remember thinking like, my my mother wasn't as supportive about it as I thought she was going to be. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not that she wasn't supportive. I think in her mind, it was more like, well, this is unnecessary. And you're taking a huge risk yep. by going under that you could, she like, of course, referenced uh, Clueless, oh, where, yes. <laughs> the mom where the mom died from having like a cosmetic procedure and left her kids. And it's like, but but my mom is very skeptical of doctors and procedures and hospitals anyways. And so she's like, you're taking this huge risk to that you could leave your kids motherless. Over I mean, the risk, the risk is real, but I think yeah. that speaks to what we were willing to risk to feel like ourselves and to be strong again and to just kind of be one with our bodies after doing so much for others. Well, and I don't think the risk is as giant as people make it out to be nowadays, right? Like, I think it depends on your medical history right. mm-hmm. and the procedure and you know the amount of time under. And the doctor. And the doctor. Like, yeah. There's a lot right. of like plastic variables. surgeons don't take you on if there's a huge risk because that's their reputation. There's and a it's a big vetting process. Right. And it's not like it's something everybody has to do. It's a it's a chosen procedure. So a lot of plastic surgeons, if you're a high risk, they're not even gonna let you do it. Yeah, they're not too, gonna even too do high it. of a BMI. Like I was on borderline too high of a BMI, right? That limit. Yeah. So like I think the risk is not as massive as people make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I think more people die actually having children. Oh, for, for sure. Than having plastic surgery. So you want to talk about, like, the risk, like, having the, a baby the every day The technology is a lot better, too. Yeah. Like, that was another thing that you had brought up, Jenny, yep. was just the, the technology in how the tummy tuck procedure is done, right? Like, drainless is, is the new standard now. Yep. or. Um, implants being made with what is it fourth fifth generation silicone it's just it's completely different than what it used to be it doesn't get all goopy inside you so yeah. like that's really reduced a lot of, of the risk yeah yeah, yeah the technology is wild it's so cool well and they don't have to be replaced as often as they used to have to be right so yeah. if you have implants they only are replaced every like what 25 years if, now? if you if even need to yeah you need to versus before it was like a 10-year shelf life yeah it's one of the most studied medical devices or maybe the most studied medical device so, yeah, at, at this point, it's just, I think it's the anesthesia risk more than anything. Yeah. yeah. That's the and primary. I was high risk. So I did end up going to, I can't remember the name of the doctor, hematologist, blood specialist because yeah, of my history with blood clots. Had to get fully cleared there, be on blood thinners. Like it was a whole process. Yeah. My doctor was very nervous because my mom has a history of blood clots and she was like, Okay, that's mm-hmm. that's a strike against you. It, like in our consultation, I was like, yeah. "Oh no, I didn't know I was being graded." But I, I <laughs> they, do. they do. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated the fact that those things were that heavily considered, right? Like that gave me a great amount of confidence in the practice that I chose, the doctor that I chose. Um, that you know, she wasn't gonna just take anybody walking in the door just to get their money. Like, yep, very much so. And so I feel like if you ever are considering this, like vetting the physicians you need to do that just as much if not more so than they're vetting you but to know that there's also a vetting process for the patients that they will take on oh for sure yeah well I also remember thinking that like 
I wasn't worried because Jenny had also vetted like how far you were away from an emergency room. I did. At, like and all the things that could go wrong. Like, I asked to see their security manual, like what would happen if something like went wrong because they weren't in a major hospital. Right. And I wanted to know exactly. And I asked them how often they practice those procedures. That's a really good question. I would never like, think to ask I, that. Same. She was like asking me about their fire drills, essentially. Like how often do you do your fire drills? No, no, it wasn't fire drills. Like, it was, it's like yeah, the yeah. medical, ver- the yes. pr- yeah, cosmetic yeah. procedure fire drill in my Uh brain that's what I equate it to Uh but can we talk about how weird it was to walk yourself into an operating room but that's why you need to like appreciate and like click with your your surgeon too right because yep that was a weird walk and then just hey just lay yourself down on an operating naked bright lights (laughs) hey Nicole went with me for one of my appointments, even the right before Mm -hmm. I went under. Yeah. Yeah. I went with you for your appointment, which I really like appreciate that you felt secure enough to let me come and also like be that person for you to help feel supported because it also gave me a different perspective of it to like see it from somebody else and Mm -hmm. like what the questions were that you asked because like. I'm the kind of person that doesn't ask a lot of questions. Like, I'm like, you're the professional. (laughs) I'm going to do what you say. And like, I don't need to know. Like, I didn't want to know all the details. I wanted to know everything. Do you have a backup generator? (laughs) No, I'm I'm with you. I want to know everything. I was like watching YouTube videos like of the actual. I I did not go that far. That is so gross. Yeah. See, like, I don't want to know those things because I don't want to have to think about all the ways things could go wrong. Like, I had made a decision and I was going to do it and I didn't need anything in my brain to make me second guess my choices. Maybe this is the engineer in me needs to like know how it works. (laughs) I just already was thinking about all the worst case scenarios and so needed those questions answered to feel reassured. Like I didn't even know what the worst case scenarios would be. Yeah. But then you started asking questions like that. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) this thing she's asking them about their safety procedure manual. I don't understand. I will say going back to like the supportive piece, right? Having um, the buy-in of a partner or a friend group, right? Because there there are people who choose to do a surgery like this without a significant other in their life, right? Um, We all had that and we're very fortunate in having very supportive partners that helped us through it. But like you girls were also that support system for me, right? Like I feel a little closeted about my surgery in an interesting way because this is like my coming out of half my surgery, right? So like I had the tummy tuck and the repair, the muscle repair of my abdomen, but I also had breast implants. And I have been very open about the tummy tuck and the ab repair because it was done in my brain for a medical reason that I chose to do that for my quality of life. The boobs were just for me, right? It was purely a self-esteem confidence booster I have always wanted boobs and this was my chance to do it, but I didn't talk to anybody Mm. about that. Right. And like, it's really easy to look at a picture of me from before my surgery and to look at a picture of me a year later now and to be like, yep, where'd those come from? Right. But I mean, I, I feel like I went with a size that was normal for my body frame. I didn't want anything that was outrageous. I wanted to just feel comfortable in my clothes, comfortable in my skin. And when I wear something low cut, I wanted to have a little cleavage because I had never had cleavage before in my life, right? And so when you can look at those, like anything that's revealing, you can see them. If I have a t-shirt on or a tank top, you would probably never know. And so I was really comfortable skating under the radar on that. 
And with you guys, of course, we talked about all the things, right? And like, if anything felt weird or looked strange or have they dropped, have they not dropped? Like, you guys were who I could talk to about that. But like, I don't even know if my family knows that I had the breast implants. Well, I think that goes into that guilt, like that. It does. I felt shame about about it. I very much. And it, it, it was an internalized thing. Right. And so it's something that I've been wrestling with for, I'm officially a year post-surgery last week because last Thanksgiving I was laid up in bed after my surgery. I had it on the 18th. And so this Thanksgiving I got to be out and about again and have a real Thanksgiving, which was really fun. But it's, it's one of those things where I'm, I am ready to be done with feeling ashamed of it. And I, I dress a completely different way now and in a way that I have always wanted to, like I will wear crop tops because I feel more confident with where my stomach is. I am still working out regularly too. Let's be real. Like you still have to like put in the work to maintain, but like I feel really good when I can put on a dress or a shirt and not have to wear a bra that has a million ounces of padding in it. Team no bra for life. Team Victoria's no Secret push-up bras Ugh. that I wasted so much money on as a you know teenager and college student that were just unnecessary and didn't do a thing anyway, right? But it's it's very strange and humbling for me to like feel like I'm coming out, but at the same time, like I, there's so many women who go through this, and That's, hopefully, yes. like I want them to hear this and to know. And so, like I work at a fitness gym right now, and I openly told my trainer, I was like, if there's ever anybody who is considering going through a surgery or who has just come back from a surgery and they need someone to talk to about what it's like to work out with breast implants after, like especially when you're still in recovery and muscles are still settling, let them talk to me. Like I would love to be that person because I didn't have anyone. We didn't have anyone to talk to you about that specifically. Right. Um, and so it's, it's a little nerve wracking and I'm curious to know who in my life now is going to know about this that listens. But-, but you know what? Like so many women, when you end up talking to them about it or even in the groups I'm in, they're in it too. And they're like, Oh wait, you too. It's been really interesting to mm-hmm. see. I don't know the percentages. It's like but a boob it's underground. Way, really way is. higher than I thought ever it would be. And I wouldn't have known mm-hmm. if I didn't actually share myself. Well, I think that's the point is that like when we first started thinking about it, you added us all to this bust mom group, which is like a Facebook group. Bust for, mob. Bust mob, sorry. Facebook group for women who are getting surgery and particularly at this one. Well, they were researching it, researching but they're out of it. the place that I ended up going yeah, forward Yeah, at this with. particular one practice. And I remember when I joined that, I saw one of the people in my neighborhood post about her surgery and I felt like I was like learning something I should not have known. It did feel taboo to see people in that group too. Like, am I supposed to know? Do we not talk about it? This is Well, and there was this whole thing I thought like, if I were her and I had posted something and somebody I know saw it, I would want to know that they saw it so that like I could then maybe talk to them about it. So I consciously like liked her post in the like group where she would see like that I liked it and know that it was like I was there too and then she immediately like reached out to me like five minutes later via messenger was like hey so I saw that you were in this group and I didn't know like have you had surgery are you thinking about having surgery and then like we ended up having this whole conversation about how she had surgery and like what she went through and like what I was thinking and it actually like made us closer. She wow. was so excited to find someone to connect she was. with about it. She was. And I think there's, but there was a little bit of like taboo because she's like, well, not everybody, like nobody really knows this mm-hmm. about me. 
And like, I hadn't known she had done it. Like I see her, I saw her like all the time and I didn't know she had done it. But like, it was one of those things that like, every time I mentioned it to somebody like, oh yeah, me too. Like so many women in my life that I didn't know have had these procedures, these surgeries and have never shared it because it's like such this taboo topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's shocking to me. Like how, how much, how much this happens and no one talks about it. Like I first saw a colleague in, in that bus mob group too. And she posted like some boudoir pictures and I saw them. I'm like, I'm not supposed to see this. We work together. But I was like so happy for her at the same time. But see, I didn't like her picture because I didn't mm. want her to shit a brick. Like, uh-oh, coworker <laughs> knows now. Like, I, I love I to shit bricks. Oh, God. <laughs> Did not want to start that. But there's, yeah, there's tons of people. And I've stayed in those groups too because I found it really helpful like afterward, especially that first year, like figuring things out to be in there and then to see more folks joining. I don't know if just bus mob blew up or something mm. and like became more popular, but it's been really fascinating to see. See, that was interesting. The number of I left that group real fast after my surgery because I was really afraid of the um, uh, boob greed is a term that if you are considering this, you will learn about that many women, some women, right, they'll have their surgery. And as soon as their surgery is done, they're like, oh, I should have went bigger. I should have gone bigger. And then they see other pictures of people who went different directions, right? And and they will have regrets that they may not have had if they just stayed in their lane, right? And stayed confident in the choice that they made. Um, and so I wanted to avoid that. But like for me, I was honestly more afraid that it was going to be too big. My fear was I was going to come out of surgery and the boobs were going to be too big and I was going to regret it. Um, and that I would have to like have a second surgery to go smaller. And I was having lots of fear and anxiety around that. And even like the day of surgery, we decided on the lower CC count because I looked at my doctor. I was like, I'm still so nervous about them being too big. She's like, nope. All right. We're doing the lower side. I was like, cool. And there's still some days where I'm like, oh, my God, I feel like they're so big. And that's all in my head. But I, I found a um, there are also if you go down this road, there are groups that will crop up that were associated with bus mob where it was monthly sister surgery, sister groups. So I had a November surgery sister group and that group stayed active for a solid year. Right. And like people were posting and, and it was folks who were in the trenches again. Like I know we've talked about that with kids, but this was like surgery trenches and recovery and the it's happening within weeks of each other. That was really, really nice because having you girls to lean on because you were out of it, you were recovered, you were done fine. Right. But having other people who were like literally laid up in bed with a compression girdle on and not sleeping and debating, do you take the painkillers? Do you not take the painkillers? Who's pooped yet? How long did it take to poop? Right? Like, <laughs> We've never talked about poop so much. So, so much. <laughs> but like it was really nice to have that. And so it was, that's just one other option of community that's out there for anyone who's considering this that I found incredibly helpful. When I think it's interesting because you had implants, but no lift. Correct. I didn't need it. It right. was purely aesthetic. I just And needed. I had debated getting implants because I was like, there's no way my boobs are going to go back. with Like they had literally been like sucked dry. Mm -hmm. But I was like, there's no way they're going to go back without putting implants in there to be like perky boobs again. And my surgeon said, no, you have enough breast tissue. They are going to go back with just a lift. And I was so skeptical. I was like... There ain't no way I'm going to be back here in a week and being like, put those implants in because this is not what I wanted. But trust your doctors because mm -hmm. I didn't actually need implants 
I just needed my to get the look that you were going for. I was going for because I had enough breast tissue, but it was like sag it, like saggy. Or it was like just so far gone that like they had to like scoop it all back up and put it like back where it belonged. So I had to have the lift, um, but not the implants. And I am very pale skinned and I feel like I'm a couple years out now and I feel like my scars are starting to like just dis- dis- dissipate now. Yeah. Here. Interesting. Yeah. Where I for a long time they've been like red and angry. Mm. Interesting. So I did both. Which was a whole experience. Oh yeah, because you did lift and the implants. And the yes. implants. And my scars—that was a big concern for me. Yeah, for sure. And just I have a completely different skin tone than you. Yeah, but it's well, also, also taken a while. Ashley, you've experienced keloid scars yeah. as well, right? Which was something unique that you had to deal with that none of us did. Yeah, I don't. Us, yeah. I don't think any of you did. Yeah, yeah that was fun because I remember my doctor seeing a spot on my side during. And for my con- people who don't know, can you explain keloid scars real quick? Yeah, so keloid scars are just like a like overproduction of scar tissue. So things can be redder, lumpier, bumpier, mm-hmm. like more just, pronounced. Yeah, more pronounced. So I remember in my consultation, she's looking at a scar on my side from right a cyst removed many years ago, and she's like, "Is that how you usually scar?" Yeah, that's about it. And she's like. All right, you'll be all right eventually, kind of like vibes. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I appreciate that she was super honest about that because it has taken a while to like get things right. And I did have to have a revision to like fix it from where it ended up. So yeah, it was it was a good time. All said and done. <laughs> yeah, now that we're all safely out of it, right? Like the last of us, I was the last of us officially a year out. And now like we just do life, right? But like I still notice the benefits daily totally Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful that I had the financial means and like Mm -hmm. nearby to a good doctor to do it I know that a lot of people don't yet or don't right now so and a lot of people travel to this particular practice too yes well and I think that's a really important piece Jenny for transparency is like ah you know mine with the lift and um tummy tuck I think was around like twelve thousand dollars so that's not like a small sum of money and I know that not everybody has mm-hmm. that ability to do that so I was like really grateful that my family was all on the same page about saving for it and really mm-hmm. like putting it as a priority yeah for sure right to have a partner who recognizes the importance of it right and to support you right like my husband was so supportive he was very much like you don't need to do this like I think you're beautiful I think you're sexy like you don't need this but if you think it's going to help, particularly my back issues, right? And if it's something that you want, we'll find a way to make it work, right? And and I was eternally grateful for that level of support and acceptance behind it that I didn't have to battle with him to, you know, make a case for it and and to make it happen. Um and and I don't know if I ever honestly would have even considered having the surgery had our friend group not broached that subject and kind of gone down the rabbit hole together not that I ever felt pressure to do it either which I could see that being very possible right if you're surrounded by it you it could be easy to feel like oh well now I have to do it right to like keep up and I never ever once felt that but it was so nice to know that like it was fully accepted and encouraged and just supported I think that's important because even when I talk to friends outside of this group, my other friends, one of my other friends has just had surgery mm-hmm. because she felt like it was like, I feel like I helped her look at it in a different way other than this like taboo topic, but more of like, look how, like it went, it was hell. 
it was hell. I was on the bed. I couldn't walk. Like, it was really bad. But even a year later, I would have done it all again. Totally. I would do it again. Right? I would have done it again, even knowing how painful and bad it was. Um, And I think that for her, like, helped her come to terms with, like, oh, okay, like, this was worth it for you. I can see the difference in you. And and you're open about what the difference is and why you're different. Mm. So that made me feel comfortable to like want to do the same thing. So I think it's like the more we tell our stories, the more we make it not taboo. I think the more people are going to accept in general, like that this is a viable solution for you if you're feeling this way. Yeah. Feeling this way, I think is important. It's not purely cosmetic. Like I feel at home in my body now. Like what's in my mind matches what I see in a mirror, matches when I, you know, I'm in a dressing room trying on clothes. Like it's a feeling thing. Yeah. And so Physical whatever, benefits. There's emotional, mental benefits for yeah. sure as well. Yeah. The emotional, mental piece like cannot be understated. Going through the process, but then afterward, yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, it's me again. Hello. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen you for a while. So within our community, if you're thinking about having these surgeries or you're thinking about or you want to share with us your stories, follow us at Sheepack Unleashed, write your stories down and like, let's share this with the full community. And then we're also open books. We'll answer any questions you guys have. For sure. Yep. (laughs) I'm out now. (laughs) (laughs) This is your coming out party. It is. And that wraps up this week's episode of Sheepack Unleashed. Thank you for being a part of our pack. This is Ashley, Jenny, Nicole, and Tanya signing off. Stay wild and fierce.